Welcome! You're listening to the Empire Youth Arts Podcast Project, brought to you in partnership with the University of Southern Queensland. This work was created in response to the cancellation of our Impact Junior Youth Ensemble after the nationwide COVID-19 lockdown in 2020. Our initiative was to continue serving our communities by creating work which is for, with and by young people. So whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, alone or nostalgic, you can listen to this podcast from wherever you are to hear the thoughts these four young people have to offer. In episode three, we meet Tui, who tells us about what it means to feel alone. Following his story, you'll hear former Youth Arts Director Ari Palani talk with Tui about the process of creating this work. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Two can be as bad as one, it's the loneliest number, is the number one. Hmm. What is loneliness? Is it sadness because one have, has no friends or company? Is it the fact of being without companions? Or is it just having a cat instead of a dog? What is the loneliest animal? Lonesome George. By his name, you may already know how lonesome he was. He was a painter island tortoise from Galapagos and was the last of his kind. Lonesome George, the giant tortoise, was not a rare species back in the 19th century. George's ancestors were caught and harvested for their meat and since they could live up to a year without food or water, were often taken as food companions at sea. This trend ended in the early 20th century, when this species was considered extinct. Thus, the discovery of Lonesome George in 1973 was some kind of miracle. Lonesome George was about 60 years old by then, and was brought to a zoo in order to mate with subspecies tortoises to save his kind from extinction. Sadly, success was never celebrated. He passed away in 2012, so the race of the Pinta Island tortoise is now officially declared extinct. He was alone, but was he lonely? What is the loneliest place on Earth? Point Nemo is said to be the loneliest place on Earth. Nemo is Latin for no one. Wait, so finding Nemo is finding no one? Boom! Mind blown. Point Nemo is a desert located in the middle of the world's largest ocean. It is called a desert because of how arid and lifeless it is. But this so-called desert is actually underwater. I wonder how Curiosity the rover feels. Being all alone on Mars, got nothing to do. I heard little Curiosity was so lonely that his one year birthday, Curiosity sang happy birthday to himself and there was no one to do it with him. Imagine that, spending seven years, multiple light years away from your home. Curiosity is both lonely and alone. How sad. Have you ever heard of an introvert? I heard they're perfectly happy alone, 
or terribly lonely in the crowd. But if introverts are at any particular risk for the loneliness, it would be because we set a high bar for friendship. So there is no need for you to feel terribly sorry for introverts, because they're just perfectly fine on their own. Extroverts, however, <laughs> they just think they can do whatever they want. If you think about it, we never really are alone, are we? But we can be lonely, but not alone. There are trillions of little microbes on our bodies, working away to heal it. And yet, somehow, we couldn't even bother to notice them. Here is a poem about loneliness by William Wordsworth. I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high over fells and hills when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze, continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way. They stretched in a never-ending line among the margin of a bay. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in a sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not but be gay in such a jocund company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought for what wealth the show had me brought. For oft, when on my couch I lie, in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon that inward eye, which is the bliss of solitude. And then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. I wonder if there are different types of loneliness, like different levels. After doing some research, I found there are exactly four different types of loneliness. There is emotional, social, situational, and chronic. Emotional. This type of loneliness arises from a feeling when you lack relationships or attachments. You might experience emotional loneliness when everyone but you has a partner in your friendship group. Social is a subjective distressed feeling of being alone or separated. It is possible to feel alone while among other people. And you can be alone and yet not feel lonely. Situational. Situational loneliness occurs when there are changes in your life that cause you to feel isolated. Thankfully, this loneliness often gets the better with time as you adapt to your new normal. Chronic. Chronic loneliness is a term to describe loneliness that's experienced over a long period of time. While loneliness and chronic loneliness aren't specific mental health conditions, they can still affect your mental and general health. Is one the loneliest number though? Studies show that one is absolutely not the loneliest number. It's quite the contrary. Without one, no other numbers would exist. Just take a dice, for example, and call the sides of having one unit of length. This makes the length on each side corner square root two. 
This also makes the longest line inside is square root 3. Put the sides of two dice together and then the length of them is square root 4 and the diagonal which is square root 5. So you see all the roots are a ratio of the 1 and no roots are possible to construct without defying 1. And this makes one far from lonely because it has so many children that were born out of it. Three dog night? More like lying dog night. <laughs> One is the lying number. One is the lying number. One! But seriously, all jokes aside, being lonely is a serious problem. And if you feel alone, lonely, or depressed, you should seek help as soon as you can. Call this number. One eight zero zero five one two three four eight. All right, Tui, thank you for what is a super interesting, if not a little bit sad, story about loneliness. All right, are you ready to have a bit of a conversation about it? Yeah, sure, let's go ahead. <laughs> Why so professional? I don't know. <laughs> My first question for you is, why did you make this story? What inspired you to do it? Well, I felt that there are still a lot of people in the world that feel alone or lonely. And I thought, why not reach out to them, help them, like guide them through life? Yeah, and you've done it in a way that is not about this is why you feel lonely or things like that. It's actually more about like empathizing with this person mm-hmm. or with uh, people or things like the curiosity rover. So sad up on Mars all alone singing happy birthday by itself. Mm-hmm. Well, it's true. Really after doing much research, curiosity, <laughs> much research, much research, <laughs> By that, I mean just typing a couple of letters into Google. <laughs> um, Curiosity really did sing happy birthday to himself oh. on his birthday. And everyone, because no one was there, because I think it was the Christmas holidays. Mm. So Curiosity was just sitting up there on Mars, just being all alone and lonely. Mm. And I like that you have made the distinction between those two things that you can feel alone, but not lonely and you can feel lonely, but not be alone. My next question is what do you want the listener to feel or think? Well, I want them to feel like they're not alone. There are a lot of people in the world that possibly could be perfect for them. And I want them to feel perfect for them. Like, Romantically? No. Oh, God. No, what have you done? Friendshiply. Friendshiply. Nice. And I want them to feel that there's nothing I would rather do but help them find their way. Oh, that's really nice. (laughs) Yeah, being able to, like, be there for someone else when they're feeling alone or lonely and being able to just be like, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Are You Okay Day? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, I should have put that in. Into this story. Yeah. Are you, we're doing it right now. 
<laughs> True. <laughs> Why do you think it's important to share stories? I feel like it's important to share stories because most stories have important morals that teach people how how to do things, how to treat people, and not to just do everything their own way and take everything and be all greedy, but to share and love each other. Yeah, and I think that there's so many different versions of that those stories. They don't just have to come from, like, one book or one person. Like, there's so many different ways that... I mean, like, think of the classics. Uh, Little Red Riding Hood or Three Little Pigs or just those, like, old Grimm's fairy tales. They have heaps of morals inside of them. And at the same time, things like Disney movies, Lilo and Stitch... Uh, I don't know, Minions? That's not something I watch. (laughs) But I'm sure that even Minions will have some sort of moral friendship. (laughs) Minions is about a bunch of yellow British boys. Okay. Who who find themselves with a supervillain. Tries to take over the world. And do they believe in themselves or like? They believe in the woman, but then she, but then one of them becomes king, and she's like trying to backhand them. Oh no! But they're like, no, we hate you now. We want to be king. Oh, there you go. The moral's about standing up for yourself. More or less, yes. <laughs> nice. All right. I feel like some Disney movies are a bit like have better morals than others, but yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep yeah, good. All right, this brings us to our last question. What do you think the future of stories could be? I feel like the future of stories, they should keep trying to guide the next generations on and on through life. And not to teach them of what of what we used to be, like the monsters that pollute this earth today, but teach them how to prevent that. Nice. So almost like a warning or an example. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you very much for your wisdom. No problem. (laughs) All right. Anything else you want to say? No. That brings us to the end of the episode. In episode four, you'll hear from Jess about feeling nostalgic. Thanks again to the University of Southern Queensland for making this podcast series possible. 